Some cars are comfy on the inside but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. Uh, we are honored and um, pretty thrilled that this podcast continues to um be recognized as a resource for small business and entrepreneurs and sales professionals. Uh, from MSNBC Your Business to Inc.com, Fit Small Business, Proven, um, the list really goes on and on. A number of sites have included us on their lists of the best podcasts to listen to. Uh, this is mostly due to the wonderful guests that I have really been thrilled to talk to over the years. These are folks who have expertise. They join me to have a conversation and share their valuable knowledge with all of you so that you can do better things in your businesses. And today is no different. My guest today is James Colbert. James is a father, husband, acclaimed author, and serial entrepreneur with vast experience in real estate, consulting, and sales. He's a franchise consultant and sales trainer for one of the largest and most successful real estate companies in the nation. At the height of his real estate career, he sold tens of millions of dollars in real estate each year. On the outside, it looked like James was living the ultimate dream, but along the way, he had lost his sense of purpose. James realized that conventional measures of achievement can keep even the best performers from finding fulfillment. He mistakenly defined himself by his accomplishments rather than by who he was, which in turn made him miserable. To help others find purpose and redefine what matters most, James created his personal Re-Succeed coaching program 
where he helps high-achieving professionals and entrepreneurs get more from life. He recently published his first book, Resucceed, Create an Extraordinary Future While You Sleep by Using the Five-Minute Epic Evening Ritual. In this book, James shares insight into the purposeless epidemic and breaks down the transformational evening ritual that's helping people reclaim their lives and find true happiness. Thank you so much for joining me today, James. Diane, thank you for having me. This is great. And my gosh, you read my entire introduction. I, I, <laughs> I appreciate it. it it's, it's the first. It's a first. It's a podcast first. Uh, it's great to be here with uh, your listeners, with you, and so excited to, to, to get to know you better and, and talk to your group. Absolutely. I'm so glad you're here. And really, I, so when I read it, I thought, oh my gosh, I want to make sure I read this whole thing because it, it is so connective, you know? It's not <laughs> yeah, just exactly. like there's this miscellaneous stuff. The whole thing really flows and explains the book, you know, why you wrote the book and, sure. and you know, really what, what you're about. So um, not a problem that I, you know, thanks to you or whoever wrote it because it's pretty good and <laughs> pretty easy to do. <laughs> so I, I do want to start, I mean, I love this whole concept of re-succeed and I find it so interesting um, that, you know, that all of a sudden awareness of, wait a minute, this just, I mean, I seemingly have everything and, and I'm not necessarily happy. But I want to start with um, a question that I have for you because I am so dying to know the answer to it. And it is this. Tell me why you threw away your to-do list. Well, that's a, that's a huge question. But, you know, honestly, what it came down to it is that I, every evening, right uh, before I kind of tucked myself in bed and went to sleep, I would go over my to-do list, which was quite lengthy. It was about 80 items at one point or another. Well, between 70 and 80 always. Um, and I would go through my to-do list uh, on a yellow pad in the evening, literally, um, you know, right next to my bed, ordering my day and my next day, um, making sure my calendar kind of queued up with what I needed to do. Um, and then I would, um, and then I would go to sleep. Uh, what, what I found, however, is the next day, I oftentimes didn't get to any of that. I had this gigantic to-do list that didn't ever shrink in size. In fact, if anything, I added more to the list. Uh, what I realized was that my to-do list had become more of a to-remember list. And I was putting on the to-do list things um, that I didn't really want to do, but I didn't want to forget about. Um, so what, what ended up happening was that one day I realized, hey, I'm a big kid now. I mean, you know, at one point you just got to say, hey, listen, I actually know what I need to do. And one of the biggest issues is doing it. Like the difference between success and failure ends up becoming execution. And so I thought, what if just even for a small period of time, and this is what I do often, you know, in areas where I'm trying to challenge myself, what if we just play a game and rip this thing up and then see what percolates to the top when we don't have a to-do list to lean on? Uh, I know most people that are listening to this right now are cringing because 
A lot of us just <laughs> love, I just, we just love the list. I, in fact, I have this one friend and she has all these different highlighters that she uses um, that kind of prioritizes things. And then, you know, when her entire to-do list page is all green, then that means it's all been done, right? So it's just very rewarding for her. And yet what I realized is every day I was pretty much not getting to most things on my to-do list. Let's say there's one item on the to-do list um, that I would actually get to. But then when I didn't get to things, that doesn't mean I wouldn't read through my list. Sometimes I'd even actually rewrite my list. And, you know, we're all guilty of this where it's like my to-do list has become too busy or too unorganized. I'm going to make one of my to-do list items to rewrite my to-do list. So I, <laughs> so, so I would sit down and make it clean and, and, and inevitably there'd be certain things that I would not put on my new to-do list. Like almost like I would omit things and then I would trick myself into thinking, hey, since my to-do, to-do list is now five items less because I omitted things from the list, I've actually done five things. Even though I haven't done anything, I just removed them from my list. So it was more of like, it was almost like saying, hey, James, you're a big kid now. You know what you need to do. If you didn't have a to-do list in front of you, um, would you actually then finally get to the things? And so what I realized is by not having it, I mean, I I don't know about you, but it, it was almost like I would need to get to it before I forgot it. You know what I mean? Like it was, I would just, I just start executing. And what I also realized is, Hey, the things you need to get to when you just have that conversation with yourself and you say, you know what, the things I need to get to, I just need to get to them. I don't need to put them on a list. I just need to get to them. And all of a sudden you, you begin uh, in a way empowering yourself. So that's kind of the, that's kind of the, the, the long and short of it. Uh, But what ended up happening is this little small exercise became um, uh, just a, a way of going about things is, you know, it reminds me of uh, lean management systems where the, the concept that if you had uh, two to three um, main goals, how many would you get to? And the answer is when they kind of queried a, a large audience on this is that the answer is you get to two to three of them. Yeah, when you, right. you know, when, as the, as your list grows, so, as you, like, you know, they kind of incrementally go up on this to the list where you say you had 40 items to get to, how many would you get to? And the answer was one or two. So yeah. you would, you, you actually get to less the more you, so the, the whole kind of slow down to accomplish more concept was really how I had approached this to-do list thing. This is so, thank you so much for that. It's so interesting to me because it's almost like, having the to-do list gets in the way of getting the things done. Because if you say, you know, okay, what are, what's something I need to do? And then you just do it. You're more productive, right. Than saying, okay, wait, let me, let me make sure that I've got this list. So I don't forget to do that. It's really, really interesting. And I've noticed for myself that when I say, here are three things that I'm going to do today, I do them right away in the morning and Mm -hmm. then uh, they're done. But I also then am able to do more because those are the things that I, you know, I actually got them done instead of putting them on a list and saying, okay, I got to make sure I get to this stuff. Wow. Yeah. That's an interesting, you know, it's a different way of looking at things. 
Wow. Well, it really okay. comes down to a form of resistance. So we start looking at, yeah. you know, we, we, we just, I started looking at all the areas in my life where I was actually resisting. And so by putting items on the to-do list, I was actually creating a mechanism to resist actually completing things. So, you know, I mean, an example is I, d- I decided to change that up instead of, you know, how you think of someone that you really need to contact and you're driving yeah. or something and you think yeah. I really need to contact that person. There's two options here. You could just contact them. Right. Right. But you know, we'll, 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 co- we'll come up with a million reasons why that's not good. Like, well, what if they talk too yeah. long or what if, you know, or you can just come up with a million yeah. reasons why you do not have enough time to call them right now. When you put them down on the list, you, the likelihood of actually calling that person or contacting because the, the feeling passes or, you know, or the motivation to contact that person does pass oftentimes. And so what ends up happening is that I create this new mechanism and it's all about mechanism or like figuring out a mechanism to, to avoid resistance is that if you think of someone, you just call them. Now, stop coming up with all the reasons why you should just put them down on the list to call and just actually call them. I and mean, what's the worst is that, you know, the person wants to talk longer than you have time for. So you say, hey, listen, this conversation's great. I need to, I, we should go to coffee or I should call you back tomorrow, run into a meeting now. But I have this rule that whenever I think of someone, I call them. So it's like a mechanism, a mechanistic approach to connection, which in business is huge because if you're not connecting, I mean, you know, yeah. kind of like, you know, how you speak about, you know, you, that everyone's a salesperson in one way or another, but let's be honest, sales is all about connection. It's all about relationship. Yeah. It's a whole lot less about contracts. It's a whole lot more about connection. And so even if all you did in 2018, when you look at business planning is just say, Hey, if, when I think of someone, I'm going to call them, I guarantee you'd make more money. So it's just this, it's this whole new approach, mechanizing your resistance, especially in the areas of connection. That makes complete sense to me. And it's interesting because when you were saying that and you were talking about, you know, you think of someone you need to call, so you write it down. I think that makes people feel like they've completed the task of calling the person, even though they haven't because they wrote it down. Like you're allowed to let it leave your mind because you've written it down somewhere. Oh, it's perfect. I love that. I, yeah. I, I, it almost gives you an excuse. Hey, I'm a good person. Yeah. I, thought, I thought of calling them, but I never did. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like the Seinfeld episode where <laughs> Elaine, like, you know, doesn't call this woman or, and then she's doing this. Well, if I call from jail, yeah. is that better? Yeah, yeah. It's much better if you use your one call. Yeah. Well, I yeah. thought of calling you. Doesn't that count? Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, how would someone know if they needed to re-succeed? You know, like, are there, are there mile markers? Are there indicators? Well, I think everyone at one point in their life actually needs to re-succeed. But re-succeed is a coined term that I created around my whole, hey, what, you know, what, why am I doing all this? Like, there's that whole, why, why, what? Like, I'm just... You know, I think we actually imagine that there's this finish line that we're approaching, right? And once we cross over that finish yeah. line, then we're like, oh, I, now I, I've arrived. But here's the deal. Like some of us lucked out. We had huge successes early on in life. I feel like for me, I was blessed with success early on. 
that wrote that begged for me to redefine what success really is. So, you know, I was wrapped up in the whole idea of, you know, financial success, but at the loss of like literally every other area of my life. Like I don't even remember certain years of my kids' childhood, right? So, you know, for for me, the resucceed thing was, oh, wow, you accidentally fell for the trap that what you're great at, what you are paid well for or acknowledged for or given accolades for or, you know, written about or whatever, you know, what, whatever, whatever it is that you're great at doesn't, that it's not why you were placed here on earth, right? That's not like you're only, that's like, it's not like, oh yeah, you're a great accountant. It's like, I use the accountant example all the time. Because most accountants I know don't want to be accountants. They're like so, you know, they are so angry. They're accountants, but they're great at it. I mean, especially accountants, right? Like, what else would I do? I'm great with numbers. So this is my life. And they assign their identity to that. I mean, but then another example I'll give you is like, if you're a great parent or a a great volunteer for a local nonprofit, you, you sometimes lose yourself in these very valiant, honorable things and realize that you are not, you're, you're not more than one dimension. You're still only one dimensional. So there's this point in life, especially for highly successful, highly achieved individual individuals where we just want wholeness and we're not complete yet. We're one dimensional still. We, we deserve a multidimensional life. We, we just never remembered to build it in. So, I mean, I always use the business planning example of we're great at planning for success and achievement and hitting our metrics, but then we forget to build in fulfillment. Like, you know, Tony Robbins uh, uh, once said that success without fulfillment is failure. And then one day I heard that for years, but then all of a sudden one day I realized it kind of is because if you're massively successful, but you have zero fulfillment, you have failed. And in wow. especially successful, highly achieved individuals, we can't, we're, we we're able to hit our goals, our metrics, right? Why can't we just build fulfillment in? Why can't we design a life or even create benchmarks throughout the year where we say, okay, it's time to be fulfilled for the great things we've done, or let's, it's time to, it's time to have a fulfillment component within our business planning. And, you know, all you have to do is add it in. And then guess what? You're figuring out opportunities for celebration. You're, um, you're focusing on contribution to others beyond yourself. And all of a sudden, re-succeed begins because you're, asking, you're, you're becoming interested with your life rather than just trying to be interesting. Wow, I think that's huge, being interested in your life. And it's so true that so many people just do the – the daily slog because that's what they think they're supposed to be doing or, you know, they're, they're making money and they have decided that that's the definition of success and happiness mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. all of a sudden they realize they're not. 
Right. And, and I jump in and say, but it doesn't mean you'll make less by doing this. As you become whole, right? As you yeah. become multidimensional in your life, as, as fulfillment is injected into your daily life, as, as, you know, as that arrives, you don't become less. You become more. And in, in what shifts is you get into creation mode. So you're not in the, I want mode you're in, I want to create mode. So then all of a sudden, you know, that's, that is how life becomes as you re-succeed, you end up getting into this spot in life where you're already enough. And in that enoughness, you're successful. But the other way is I'll be enough when, you know, when I cry, and by the way, there's no checkered flag. You aren't going to cross a finish line. It will be rather quiet when you pass away. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's, you know, my, my, I, I think the urgency is really kind of big, right? Like we, we need to, we need to resucceed daily in our lives. We need to become interested in our lives, not just interesting. We, we, yeah. we have it backwards here. And I think that arrives at different times in people's life. In my book, I talk about, you know, perhaps the midlife crisis is not, is less of a crisis and, and, and more of a gift, right? Just a reminder, yeah. if you will, that shoot, you know what it, you know, I mean, my worst year was my best year financially, right. Of, and, and why it was, why it was so bad was that I was just wanting one more sale, right. Or, and, and it wasn't for the money. It was because I was lost in that kind of transactional success and, yeah. and defining myself by that. Yeah. That's, that it's so interesting. It's such a great way of looking at all of it because, uh, you know, I just don't think people realize until it's too late. So this is this is so great because it really gives you the opportunity to stop and go, okay, wait a second. Every day, I should have purpose, right? Every day, I should be living whole the the wholeness of my life, mm -hmm. not defining myself by one specific part of it. Right. Or living in the past, like almost like defining myself by a past accomplishment. Interestingly enough, yeah. it's, it's very much over, you know, the past was the past. And yet, so, you know, sometimes some of us have these great years and then all we do for the rest of our life is try to replicate a great year that happened, you know, a decade ago, you yeah. know, like what if we just let go of that and resucceeded and said, yeah. you know, that was then and this is now that set me up for now right? Like that great year back in 2006, uh, doesn't define me. It, it equipped yeah. me. Yeah. Ah, that's good. Yeah. That's yeah. I like that. doesn't define me. It equipped me. That's really great. So is this why high achievers are often so unhappy? Is it because they have put uh, the emphasis on the wrong thing to, um, claim success or happiness, whatever you want to call it? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, that's it, a big question, but I would say that, you know, it, the biggest, you know, component of unhappiness and high achievers is, is, is thinking that the reason was the more obvious, like the reason uh, why we do what we do um, was the obvious one. Like we do what we do for money or to pay bills or to provide for a family or, but then you, you know, 
I, I would say the the evolution or really the um, transcending into a spot where we start looking at the reason behind the reason why we do what we do. So for example, your, your success ends up not being as much about moving money around in an account. Cause by the way, we don't even get to hold it anymore. I don't know if you noticed that. Remember when we were kids, we got to like hold the money we earned right yep. <laughs> like, wait yep. now it's like it's it's like numbers on an app right and we like move it here and there and then hopefully next month there's more numbers right <laughs> like it's very yep. it's it's just way less exciting than when i would you know work in my neighbor's yard and landscape and then he would give me a crisp $20 bill like i was actually that $20 bill i'm speaking of was more rewarding than some of my biggest paychecks in life just because yeah. it was you know what it's just i so, do we're sort of disconnected <laughs> from it now totally disconnected yeah. it becomes this it you know it becomes almost just like this required need i mean shoot let's be honest i mean every single month I pay in bills what it would cost to buy it, like a pretty nice car, you know, like yeah. every yeah. single, like, you know, maybe used like a, but really nice car every month. Right. And so, so the, the, the bar has changed, um, uh, considerably and it, and, and it needs to be a steady flow. So we get wrapped, we get significantly wrapped up in simply just that. And there's not enough, I mean, it, as great as it is to provide as great as, I mean, there's, that's, that's honorable stuff, right? But when there's no fulfillment beyond just yeah. the, 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 the dollar signs on an app, if that's the only thing that's moving your dopamine levels up, that's, that's where the unhappiness shows up. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, I get it. All right. Hey, uh, I'm going to take a quick sponsor break yeah. and then we'll continue the conversation. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. If you sign up at our link, which is audibletrial.com slash business growth, you get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. Some examples of books you can listen to on audible.com are 8020 Sales and Marketing by Perry Marshall and The Go-Giver by Bob Berg. So visit audibletrial.com slash business growth, explore the books that are of interest to you, and receive one free audiobook when you sign up for the trial. Today, we're speaking with James Colburn about um, re-succeeding and having purpose and, you know, making sure that you do and deciding how you define success, really. And James, I should have asked you um, if your uh, book is on Audible. Absolutely. Yay. Okay, there's another one, folks. Another book right. you can get on Audible and listen to. Yeah. Well, that's right. the only yeah. way to read a book, by the way. It's not cheating. Right? <laughs> it is so not cheating to listen to a book. Um, I mean, I get through 40 or 50 books a year by simply having them read to me. Plus, I learn yeah. so much better when I hear things. So. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. I have a friend who actually does a business book club where 
she reads the book. The people in the book club don't have to. She reads the book, and then she comes and she explains what the book is about. Oh, Such it's a perfect. Great it's, yeah, I mean, it's. I, I mean, I'll go five pages and not know what I read, and go to sleep, and all that. Right? I mean, yeah. I yeah. know. I know. Me too. I know. It's really awful. <laughs> okay, so um, let's talk about um, the science of sleep. She mentioned something about sleep earlier, so I want to circle back around it, around to it, and um, and and about the, the importance of asking great questions. Like, what's the story here? What what's the connectivity or? Well, this the, it's a you know one of the, I hired a coach at one point when I was resisting completing my book. Um, I just got this sense that I was going to just be writing a book the rest of my life and never publish it. Um, which, um, is pretty typical because it's a very, very, very personal thing uh, to yeah. write a book. And the last thing, you, you know, many authors want to do is actually publish it because then you kind of let it go and give it to the world and it's no longer yours. And you also risk, you know, getting feedback about that book that you might not want. Uh, so it, it, you know, it was this thing where I was perfecting on the writing, but I had never, ever created, it's kind of like not planning fulfillment into your daily life. Well, I had actually created a goal to write the book, but to never publish it. Like I, that was literally missing from the business plan. Um, you know, I had this goal of when I'd be done and then I was done and then I was like, Oh great, I'm done. Now I just, I'm done. Like I, you know, so I, I started getting out of my way by, um, literally hiring myself out of my way. So I hired this coach um, and I said, your job. And he was the, he's one of six top best selling self-published authors on Amazon makes a whole lot of money selling. He's only, he's got several books now, but he, he, he did quite well uh, on his second book um, with Amazon. And he's the top six best, at least at that time, he was one of six best selling authors on Amazon. So I called him up and I said, Hey, got a free 15 minutes with him to talk with him and told him my situation, hired him to uh, help me um, perfect um, a couple areas on my book that I just needed um, help with. And I told him what I told you about, you know, the kind of the, the disease, if you will, of achievement, you know, this kind of unhappiness that comes over us. And is this all there is? And, you know, the, you know, trying to get somewhere that uh, I'm feeling that once we arrive at that place, then and only then will we feel whole and complete. Um, and then some of us actually get there and go, is this all there is? And so I was telling him all this and he goes, James, the problem with what you've just told me is that I, I, I kind of want to go commit suicide now. Like it's, <laughs> it sounds really, really bleak to be successful. Right? Yes. And I, and, and I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, you know, the book I wrote, like I, I, I had the same story, but instead what I did is I shared a mechanism or a, 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 a certain ritual that, would help you out of that bleak existence. And, and he says, is there anything that you did? I mean, or are we just going to talk about like the sad part of being successful? And I said, well, there is this thing I do and it, it's really helped out. And I was explaining to him that 
you know, I mentioned earlier, I had this to-do list on my nightstand and every night I would hash through it. And to be honest with you, I didn't sleep that well. I mean, I'd wake up thinking about these various things I'd either written on my calendar or added to my to-do list, um, or I'd wake up and write more things down on, on the yellow pad, right? And one night I got to my room and my, uh, my to-do list was um, not at my bedside, but a stack of three by five cards. Um, were sitting on my nightstand and my kids had been using or creating some flashcards for spelling uh, words um, and they left their extra uh, three by five cards on my nightstand. I thought, well, wouldn't that be cool if instead of having this list of 80 to-do list items, what if I just had like three things that I wanted to accomplish tomorrow? Like just just three. Like what if it could all fit on one three by five card on one side and it was just down to this simplistic three things. And then I, I thought, well, what if instead of writing down three things to do, what if I asked three questions that I didn't know the answer to? Because what I realized is this whole being interested in, instead of interesting is a big deal. Like high achieved, highly successful individuals stop asking questions because we're so busy just trying to get answers, right? Like, so all uh -huh. we do are, we're all we do is craft and engineer answers at one point. We become like answer king and queen. Like, you know, we have an answer for everything. And if we don't have an answer, we'll get it. And it ends up, you know, like we, we just, we'll just, we just, all we do is get answers. And, you know, it's yeah. like a solution-based existence. Well, what I realized is to be interested instead of interesting in our life means we have to ask some great questions. I'm not talking about questions that you already know the answer to. I'm saying ask some questions about your life or about where you're going or what you want and ask them literally from the, from the point that you don't know the answer, but here's the deal. Ask them just five minutes before you go to bed and then resist the desire and everyone will have it. It'll be extreme, especially the, your group. Everyone wants to just immediately answer the, the questions. But the thing yeah. is, there's this magic that happens while you sleep. So that there is a science behind sleep. Your brain operates at a completely different level. The creative subconscious shows up in a completely different level while asleep instead of awake. So you use far reaching areas of your brain, not real, not common sense areas like, you know, like we use during our awake hours, but in very creative uh, uh, brain mechanisms show up while we're sleeping. So I write, I grabbed this three by five card and I wrote down three great questions. I just call them great questions uh, about things I didn't know the answer to. And I resisted the desire to answer those and I just went to sleep. Huh. What, what's powerful about this is in the morning, I review the card. And in the morning, answers arrive. I mean, your brain's been working on these great questions while you've been asleep. I also believe it gives you access to the miraculous. So the kind of the intangible um, power and it, you, you begin to receive answers to those things that you don't have the answers to over time. It's a really powerful, and that's what I call the five-minute epic evening ritual. Yeah, 
Boy, I'm going to have to try it. Well, you know, grab some three by five cards. I use extra yeah. thick ones. <laughs> I, I, I use extra thick three by five cards. You can, um, I have a whole, uh, a PDF download. So if you, if there was any interest on the process, but basically there's these extra, I use extra thick cards because I want them to uh, last throughout the day. I take the cards with me. I kind of refer to them. Um, three great questions, uh, open, open to the idea that you don't have all the answers, but you're eager to, to, to learn the answers. Yeah, that that's really interesting. And, and, so I just found um, uh, a box of index cards that must have been one of my kids when they were in high school. And right. it was in a, I think it might've actually been behind the drawer. My husband and I are redoing our dining room. So we took all the drawers out of our China cabinet and, you know, threw a bunch of stuff away. And I think it was actually behind it. And I went, oh, I've been looking for three by five cards. So <laughs> now I have them and now I have a reason to use them. So I'm going to try that. And I do think it's going to be hard not to answer the question right away, but yeah, you might initially, but you, but as you open yourself up, so, you know, I mean, an example was, you know, here's, you know, one of the questions I, I, I learned actually that I was asking some questions wrong. Like I was saying, when am I going to have absolute dead time to finish my book? Uh, The answer is never right. Like, (laughs) uh, you know, like, like I'm a busy people get things done. I keep busy, right? Like I do a whole lot of things and the busier I am, uh, the, the more success I seem to have. So why would I ever be looking for, you know, complete and total dead time to finish a book? So I changed the question. I said, you know, instead of asking when I'm going to have dead time, I wanted to know um, how I could be so inspired by my life tomorrow. So you know, actually give it a, a, a timeline that I would feel responsible to sit down and record it for the book. You know what I mean? There's almost like, you're, yeah. you know, all of a sudden you're looking for those um, teachable moments in your life that you would feel responsible to share to others. Um, and then all of a sudden my busyness was fueling my chapters rather than uh-huh. getting in the way of it. So uh-huh. that was a little example um, just to get me over the hump here and look, cause I was looking for like, tw- you know, solid days of nothing on my, you know, calendar right. to write, you know, cause that's what you want. You just yeah. like, I, you know, it's creative. I want to go to a, you know, a coffee shop with nothing to do. No one calling me for, you know, eight solid hours to get through, you know, two more chapters. And um, that just isn't going to happen. But, you know, there's just been a lot of power in asking questions that I simply don't know the answer to. And then actually doing it right before I go to sleep so that I, um, so that I can let the creative subconscious go to work in the miraculous. Well, and I really like this idea of asking great questions because you're right. There's all sorts of questions you can ask, but the great ones are the ones that you don't have the answer to that you can let your creative subconscious work on while you're sleeping. Yeah. 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 Boy. Okay. So you said something about um, high performers, like your annual plan. You said your business plan. There were things that were missing, like publishing Mm -hmm. the book was missing. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) what's missing in, most high performers yearly business plans 
that you think if they if they could add it, it would be transformational. Oh, I love that question. I've never been asked it actually, but it ties right into um, it, it ties right into the chapters of my book. So. Um, I break the book into three sections. So three, I call them three, three re-succeed questions or re-questions. So there's reassessing, re-engaging, and reaffirming in your life. So those are the, that's the three questions, uh, a reassess questions, a re-engage question, and a reaffirm question. So I'll give you an example from each of those. So in, okay. in, in, in a reassessing question, instead of, instead of the whole, like, am I working out enough? right? Or, or yeah. am I exercising? I ask questions around my energy level. So my whole workout diet, everything is wrapped up in managing my energy. So I'll ask questions about what would it take to do things that give me the most amount of energy before, you know, 9am tomorrow morning. And of course, it becomes really, really clear um, to me in, in the morning um, what would take away from my energy versus give me energy. Um, another example, just to give you two in, in a reassess question is um, to, uh, to ask questions around your comfort zone. So a lot of us keep our comfort zone, we, we, we almost nurture our comfort zone, which holds us back from the things that we should be doing. So for example, in my conversation earlier about calling people that you think of it, you know, yeah. oftentimes that would take us out of our comfort zone. Uh, yeah. So we won't, so we'll write it down instead of call them. Right. Yeah. So, so taking a really close look at your comfort zone, but like an, another example would be a re-engage question. And you know, when you, you were asking about things that we should implement into our life and I, I actually schedule reflection. So I actually schedule 30 minutes to reflect. And I, and the reason why I do this is that years and years ago, I read this story about this CEO that would actually schedule to look out the window of his office for 30 minutes and reflect. Everyone else thought he was just daydreaming, but what he was doing was getting a whole lot of things done. Yeah. Um, and he, he, he scheduled it. So it was uh, okay. It's going to be, it's okay. You know, it was almost permission to just reflect on whatever, whatever he's working on or whatever it might've been for the day. Correct. Um, a second one in there, it, I had mentioned being enough, but there's this, there is this sense that we live our life oftentimes as if we're not enough, but someday maybe we will be. And I'm not saying we're perfect. I'm not saying that there's not um, failings in, in or bad decisions in our life. But I'm saying if as we start to show up in life as if we're already enough rather than trying to earn our way into being enough, all of a sudden we show up differently in all of our relationships. And most importantly, we show up differently to ourselves. So I'm saying, despite ourselves, we're enough. You know, we were enough the moment we were born, the moment we made our first cry in the hospital room. We're enough because God's enough. 
our enoughness is the one of the most attractive parts of us, but it's, it's the people that live as if they're not enough, but someday they'll be enough. All of a sudden you're chasing after achievement and success as if it will be the thing, the savior that will make you feel enough. So I'm really, really big on the enoughness conversation because I believe that all of us, when we look back, there was a period in our life, especially most of us, it's when we were young, when we decided or we started to believe what someone said that we weren't enough. Before that moment, we were enough. I remember my mom told me how I could become president of the United States. And I was like, oh, so there's a chance. You know, I was like pretty excited. Like she didn't say I couldn't, right? And then there was this day when I either adopted someone else's statements to me or there was a day when I said it to myself that I wasn't enough and I had to earn my way in. Um, And then the last section would be reaffirming. So there's this... um, reaffirming is around having, you know, uh, grat- uh, opportunities for gratitude. And I call it granular gratitude because it's not gratitude in the big stuff. It's gratitude in the little, little, little things that have made all the difference in our life. Um, little small nuances that now that we look back, it's like, shoot, if that wouldn't have happened, this wouldn't have happened. You know, it's like, it's the, those are the huge opportunities for gratitude. And as, as we get smaller in our gratitude, as we start noticing the little, little things, um, it, it becomes more powerful. And then, and I have already mentioned a second reaffirm would be like a celebration, like actually building into your business plan celebration. And yet our salespeople especially believe that when we're jumping for joy or celebrating that for some reason, the ground below will be go missing. Like when we land, there's no more ground, right? So there's this, I don't want to jinx my success by celebrating, but what I'm saying (laughs) is that you jink, you do jinx your success by not celebrating. Ah, that's good. I totally agree with that. I think we don't celebrate enough. I think we don't because we think this is what we're supposed to be doing. So it makes, you know, that we, why would we celebrate? This is, of course we're doing this. We're supposed to be doing this. But it's it, when you celebrate even the smallest of achievements, it makes you want to do more of them and do more things because you're feeling good about actually getting things done. Yes. That, that exactly there there there's well there's just more reward because again just the yeah. uh, symbols on a app uh, on a bank app is not going to do it for you yep yep and this is interesting for me because in the past i'm going to say two weeks i've heard this concept of even the littlest things are important because if not for them there's the chance that something else wouldn't have happened. I, I, this is like a third time. First one was I heard this man speaking who said, if I hadn't said, if I had told my friend, no, I don't want to drive to Ohio in the winter to take you to see this school, he would have ended up working in the steel yards like everyone else in his town. But because he said yes to his friend and he drove to Cleveland, he ended up going to the Cleveland Institute of Art and taking industrial design and now owns a, an innovation firm. And, you, you know, it. Yeah. but it all started there with, right? He didn't say no. He said, oh, he said fine. 
And right. yesterday well, I, I heard a woman. No, go ahead. go ahead. No, no, go for it. So, well, yesterday I heard this woman, Mallory Wegman, speak, who's a Paralympic athlete. She was a swimmer, and when she turned 18, she went in for an epidural for back pain and was paralyzed from the waist down. Mm-hmm. And she talked about there are moments, there are moments of victory, moments of tragedy, everyday moments, and moments of impact. And she, t- she too talked about everyday moments can be moments of change, you know, that, that when you go through something like this, it's interesting how everyday moments, be, you become so much more aware of them and they become so much more important. And, yes. you know, even those can be catalytic. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's why I mean, I've changed a little bit of my tune. So when things I've been begun to start looking at things as I call them perfect, not, I'm not saying everything happens for a reason. Cause I, I'm, I don't know if I'm a hundred percent there, but I, <laughs> but I do call events perfect, but it's my job to figure out why. So uh-huh. I, don't, I, I might not know why yet. Right. So, you know, my, my moment, my example moment is when I was crossing, uh, there was this, there was this young lady in college that I thought was, um, pretty, pretty cool. And, um, but she was dating this other guy and I was crossing in my book. I mentioned that I was crossing this crosswalk at, at college and I literally stopped her boyfriend, um, in the middle of the crosswalk, um, because I had heard he was going to be going away for an internship for um, several years. And I stopped him in the middle of the crosswalk and I said, Hey, are you going to continue to date that girl that you're dating while you're on that internship? Um, and he said, no, I just thought I, I really, I thought, I thought that wouldn't be fair to her. So we're, we're breaking up. I immediately shook his hand with a big smile and sent him on his way <laughs> and, uh, and called her up literally immediately. And uh, 22 years later, we're still married. So um, oh, I, I, I would say, I would say that would be a, a but here's the thing. Um, if you, you know, you could go deeper with that and you could say, well, you know, when, when did you meet this girl? Well, it was random, you know, she and her boyfriend were over at my house because their friend, they were friends with, uh, another one of my roommates and they're eating pumpkin bread and in the living room while I was in my room studying, I came out and I saw them and I never forgot her. The next interaction I had was at the crosswalk, but think about how random that was just, you know, you know, you start looking at this, you know, now we have, I mean, we have a life together. We like, we've been married, married 22 years. We had three kids and it was all because of, you know, I ran into her boyfriend and and found out that he's, you know, not going to be dating her during this internship, which of course gave me a good enough reason to give her a call. And, um, and I will tell you on our first walk on the Willamette river, because we went to university of Oregon um, and our first walk on the Willamette river, I knew exactly that I got back to my, my roommate at the time. I said, I just took a walk with my wife. And that was the very first walk. So I just, I just knew, but there's that, I actually make this rule. So I, again, it's mechanizing. So I make this rule so that I implement gratitude into my daily life. I make a rule that I won't let my feet hit the carpet off the side of my bed until I 
have some sort of granular gratitude about something. Uh, by the way, there's been mornings where I have to stay in bed for a, a little while longer because I just, <laughs> I, I, I just can't get there. Right. But there's, but again, you're working that muscle. Right. And, yeah. uh, and, and that of course you can ask questions around, uh, what is something that happened in my life that, um, has forever changed the way I look at, you know, business or relationships or whatever, um, and that, that I should, that I have forgotten about that I should be grateful for. Uh, ask that question at night and you would be amazed at the answers that would follow. Wow. That's a great idea. That's a great exercise. Wow. I got to tell you, I have so enjoyed this conversation with you and I, I just, this is such a great way of looking at life, at the world, at success, at growth. I mean, you fill in the blank. It's, it's really um, something that I think is tremendously valuable for anybody. I think, especially my listeners, this is the kind of thing that they um, can really grab onto because I'd be surprised if all of us at one point or another hadn't felt that, you know, is this, is that all there is? Absolutely. Kind of yeah. I mean, it just, it, and the more successful you are, the more that that question will come up. Thank you so much for joining me. And would you please tell my listeners how they can get your book, how they can find you, you know, whatever you've got going on that you want to share with them, please do. Well, absolutely. I had touched a little bit on the five minute epic evening ritual and there might be some people, uh, some of your listeners that are interested in giving this a try. And so I created um, a PDF download, which is absolutely completely free, no strings attached that you can download right at jamescolburn.net. So my last name is C-O-L-B as in boy, U-R-N. So jamescolburn.net. You can download the resources there, which is the um, five-minute epic evening ritual PDF, as well as you can download free chapters of my book. I think there's oh. five or three, three, I think, free chapters of my book. But you can also buy my book on Amazon, Resucceed, in all formats, so Kindle or paperback or Audible. And... Um, and uh, please do that as well. Um, so yeah, that's how to get a hold of me, and that's how to learn more about resucceeding as well as the five-minute epic evening ritual. Wonderful! Thank you for that. Um, I know I will be going and getting the download, and I suggest the rest of you do as well. And speaking of the rest of you, uh, thank you for uh, being here. And I'd also like to thank our sponsor. Please remember to visit audibletrial.com slash business growth to sign up for your free trial and get a free audiobook. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Don't you know that you're a grown up? 
I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I've never done it. (laughs) Right.